Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one 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 hundred and eight illegal immigrants who tested positive for the coronavirus after their arrival in Texas since late January have been released by the Border Patrol into Texas and are free to travel to other parts of the U.S. and in fact they have. Massachusetts, North Carolina, Maryland, among three states. We actually have a president of the United States who has invited illegal aliens into the country. The vast majority of them are not tested because they're illegal aliens. We don't even know they're here in many cases. But those who are, some percentage, and when they have the virus... They're allowing them and setting them free within the borders of the United States. And they're traveling all over the country. Now, American citizens who have traveled outside the country and come back, number one, they're tested, and number two, if they're tested and they're positive, they're quarantined. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden hasn't done a damn thing to fight this virus. Despite his claims and the point I raised last night, which I'll remind you, was underscored today. Believe it or not, or recently, was today or last night, in the press room. But now, people are coming into this country who have this virus, and it raises the question. People are coming into this country, they must have all kinds of diseases. And they're certainly not being stopped if it's found out. They're they're being freed. How does that make you feel? Now, this Joe Biden agenda is so radical. 
so anti-American, so anti-citizen, that if he were to run today and his agenda were known for the last six weeks, it wouldn't have even been close. He would have been slaughtered in this election, despite all the violations of our federal constitution by the various states. Simply no question about it. Philip Romero, a spokesman for the border city of Brownsville, told Fox News they're telling the migrants who tested uh, positive to follow the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines to quarantine and maintain social distance, but that Brownsville doesn't have the authority to stop them from traveling to the rest of the country. Listen, here's what you do. You came here illegally? Okay. Number one, here's your date to come back in front of an administrative law, uh, law judge. Uh, so we can adjudicate you here illegally. Okay, so you'll come back? Yes, when is it? 2025. Oh, sure, sure, I'll be back. Okay, great. Number two, you have the coronavirus. Oh. Follow the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask and stay six feet away from everybody else. Would you do that, please? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, because you have this virus, you must stay at home. But I don't have a home. Okay, you're free to leave. Now, Let's think about this. Can you point to any other time in American history when the United States, under Democrats or Republicans, allowed people with communicable diseases, deadly diseases, to walk freely in our country? You know, we have all the logs from these various episodes, for instance, the uh, Ellis Island. If you came to Ellis Island and you had some kind of disease, you were not allowed to enter. Because back then, even the Democratic Party had some semblance of patriotism. Even back then, the Democrat Party actually had a lot of people who loved America. But the leadership, not anymore. Not anymore. So if you're a foreigner, you came into our country illegally, You have the coronavirus. You're allowed to go freely. You will not be deported. If you'd like, we'll even give you a lawyer. You can send your children to our public schools when they eventually open. We are going to get you free medical care, and we will put you on a pathway to citizenship. Wow, that's great. Now, if you're a citizen here and you're actually successful... We're going to tax the crap out of you. We're going to hound the crap out of you. We're going to regulate the crap out of you. Now we're going to to have a wealth tax, according to Elizabeth Warren, that idiot, a wealth tax. But don't worry, it'll only be on the very, very rich. It'll never affect you, right, folks? You believe that? And you know what happens when you have a wealth tax, Mr. Producer? What do people do with their wealth? They move it overseas. They're going to move their money overseas. You see, the Democrats don't understand economics. They don't understand the private sector. They don't understand finance. They don't understand the currency. They don't care. There's enough cherry-picked crackpots in our universities that will back up whatever they do. Because they're more leftists than they are professional in what they teach. A 3% wealth tax on the very, very wealthy, and by the way, 
Not only will that 3% go up and up and up and up, but the definition of wealthy will be broader and broader and broader to include many of you small business people. It's only 3%. What's the problem? 3%, plus they want to kick up the federal income tax at the highest levels to like 47 to 48%. But what's your problem? Then if you live in one of these high tax states, they flop another 10% on top of that. That's how you create jobs, right? Democrats don't create jobs. Unless, of course, they create them for foreign countries, like in the oil field. 108 illegal immigrants got into this country and were released who have the Corona China virus. How many others have come into this country that have this virus and we don't even know? And we don't even know. And, of course, Joe Biden isn't going to have a press conference where he stands alone behind the podium. What the hell could he possibly say? Now, he accuses the governor of Texas and the governor of Mississippi of essentially being Neanderthals. Well, it takes one to know one, that's for sure. He spent a whole life Biden being a Neanderthal. That said, tell me which is worse. Governors following the data that they have, the science from their own experts... And making rational decisions like this, because we even heard an expert, they're all experts, an expert from Johns Hopkins say by April there'll be herd immunity, by April. Well, by my last check, today's March 3rd. By April there'll be herd immunity. By the end of May, everybody will have been vaccinated. And then Joe Biden will take credit. It's that simple. That's how it works. Having not lifted a finger except to scratch his head, that's it. How many illegal aliens are coming across the border that have this virus? We have no idea. None. None. So people from Central and South America are coming into this country with the virus. And how are we going to use our vaccines on people who come into the country illegally? And what's going to happen to our hospitals and all the rest of it? Oh, don't worry. This is what I mean. It's so, these people are so insane. You damn well better not open your salon. You damn well better not open your gym. You damn well better not open your your restaurant. No, no, no. We're going to fine you $14 trillion and drag your ass and put you in jail while they're letting criminals out the back door. Okay, got it. But if you're a legal alien, don't ask, don't tell. This is the world of the left. This is the world of the Democrat Party. And apparently, ladies and gentlemen, we're surrounded by enough idiots in this country that they vote for this sort of thing. I'll be right back. Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution, 
We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. What is the purpose of immigration? What has always been the purpose of immigration? Is the purpose of immigration to serve the immigrant, as people argue today? Is the purpose of immigration to serve the immigrant? The needs and the desires and the wants of the immigrant? No. No, our our so-called elected officials don't represent foreigners. They don't represent foreigners. They represent us, we the people, the United States citizens. The purpose of immigration is to improve the United States. To invite people into our country who will improve the United States. Now, the way we do it now, we don't even ask the question. We don't even ask the question if people are self-sufficient financially. We used to ask that question, not anymore. If they have any kind of illness or disease, we used to ask that question, not anymore. If they have the coronavirus and we find out about it, we release them into the community. In essence, what Joe Biden is doing is a kind of national Andrew Cuomo. He's not even limiting it it to nursing homes. He's just saying, come on in. Then if you have the virus, he releases them. Joe Biden is now pressuring schools and states to vaccinate teachers. So here's pretty much the priority list for vaccinations for Biden and his administration. Number one, Biden. Number two, Harris. Number three, Pelosi. Number four, Schumer. Democrats take care of themselves, even though they oppose the entire project. After that, criminals. After that, illegal aliens. After that, teachers who refuse to go into the classroom. In other words, their base is prioritized, right? Criminals, illegal aliens, and teachers. That's, that's the priority that they have. Because Biden wants to be able to say, see, I told you. You know, this book by Daniel Bornstein, The Image, that I've written about in Unfreedom of the Press and I've talked about here, this, this book is just so brilliant and so prescient. And you don't hear me say that about many books. And he wrote it in 1961. He was a professor at University of Chicago. He would eventually become the, uh, the head of the Library of Congress. Now, back then, you could actually get confirmed when you're trying to, you know, defend your country. Today, if you defend your country, you can't get confirmed. You're a white supremacist, even if you're not white. But so brilliant was this book, The Image. And I would encourage you to go online and get a copy of it. Paperback, whatever. But I've talked about it before. It's worth reminding. It's also an unfreedom of the press. He talked about pseudo-events. That the media, politicians, Hollywood and others, they create these phony events. They're not realistic. They're not the real world. They create these pseudo-events. 
And President Trump was very close. Fake news. But fake news is even worse. They lie. But pseudo-events. And conversely, they censor real news. So like the Hunter Biden scandal. Censored. It never existed. Pseudo-event. The Russia collusion story. And that pseudo-event spawned more pseudo-events related to the Russia collusion story. So four years of pseudo-events. That is, unreal events. Things that actually didn't happen, but are talked about endlessly as news stories. Joe Biden's handling of the vaccine, where he praises himself and gets praise, is a pseudo-event. It's also propaganda. In other words, he's never done anything. It never happened. It's a non-event. And yet it's a news story. Joe Biden, being the great humanitarian who's so compassionate about people south of the border that he's rejected and repealed almost all of President Trump's security measures because the man is such a big heart. That's a lie, but it's a pseudo-event. He doesn't have such a big heart. He has created more misery, more illness, and potentially more death on the southern border in six weeks than virtually any other person could have. And it's going to get worse. They have nowhere to put these kids. They have nowhere to put the adults. They have nowhere to put people who are China virus positive. So all of them, listen to me, are eventually going to be released. All of them are eventually going to be released. Meanwhile... People who drive DUI, that's very serious. People who drive drunk, is it not? Other mothers against drunk drive, remember all that? You can kill people. You're drunk behind a 4,500-pound vehicle? So if you're drunk or if you've assaulted somebody, including a police officer, all a whole string of criminal activity that used to result in your immediate deportation... Now they say you will not be deported if you've committed those, those crimes. What kind of a community are we creating? Even in the countries these people come from, if they commit those offenses, they're considered crimes. So this is what Joe Biden's doing to America. Our schools closed. Illegal aliens welcome to come in. Send them into the interior of the United States, even if they have the virus. We have no idea what other illnesses might be out there. Meanwhile, these poor people who are desperate to come to the racist, white supremacist America, they're suffering as a result of the Biden policy, too. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. 
we can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Liberty's voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. You know, the people coming across the border now are not the college-educated scientists, engineers, mathematicians, and so forth. They're very, very poor people who are unskilled or have no skills, low skills, coming into this country. That's who they are. In addition to children and teenagers. A country can't survive like this, ladies and gentlemen. It's just not possible. The Democrats, in every respect, whether it's the environment, whether it's immigration, whether it's education, whatever it is, they're pulling every thread they possibly can to undo the fabric of this nation. Because they are what I said they are, neo-Marxists. And I don't need the media to tell me what to say and what to think, because they're the worst of the worst. They covered up for the Nazis in this country. Oh, yes, they did. And I've proven it over and over and over again. I look at things this way. I try and noodle over these things all the time. You see the Democrats trying to destroy the electoral system. Because you have Stacey Abrams and other reprobates out there talking about, we have 15 different systems where democracy flourishes in some states and not in others. And they want to take us back, she recently said, to Jim Crow. She's an ass. Jim Crow, seriously. That's her party, not our party. But nobody wants to take anybody back to Jim Crow. That's just ridiculous. And when she said that, when she was interviewed on CNN by Anderson Cooper, he never said a damn thing, and I'll get to that later. What Stacey Abrams wants is anarchy. And when there's anarchy, the Democrats win. The Republicans don't know what to do about it. The judges are scared to death. The Democrats win with their anarchy. We know this. How do we know this? Because they've told us so. That's how. There's anarchy in the elections in California. You don't know who's won. The races are close. You have the the harvesting of vote. All this stuff going on as a matter of law because they want anarchy. When there's anarchy, the system collapses. It's flooded. Then they blame the system and they claim power. Cloward and Pivens. It's exactly what's going on. And then they'll accuse you. I'm trying to deny people the right to vote. Saul Linsky. Attacking you personally. He must be a white supremacist. These are all Marxists. These are all Marxists. So, now we have this effort to nationalize the vote. And when people learn exactly what's in the vote, that there would be no voter ID. And you know what's interesting? In minority communities, they want voter ID. There, there have been polls done on this. No voter ID, but if you say it's the white supremacists who are doing it, then it's, oh, 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 we can't support that. But it's not the white supremacists doing it. They would burn down the system, too, if they could. They don't support republicanism, small-r republicanism. They don't support the Constitution. From their perspective, they want white majority rule. 
So they're not constitutionalists or any, anything of that kind. The reason we have a system set up the way we do is we would not have a federal government but for the states, the old colonies getting together to create it. They did not surrender all of their authority. In fact, they preserved a lot of it within the constitutional structure. And this is exactly what the Democrats have been trying to destroy. They turned it on its head when they broke away in the Confederacy. Federalism. They turned it on its head. Treated it as nullification, which the left does today when it comes to sanctuary cities. The left has borrowed a lot from the old Confederacy. They've just turned the tables. That's all. But Americanism, they never embrace. Republicanism, they never embrace. Constitutionalism, they never embrace. So why should you have signature comparisons when somebody votes by mail or an absentee ballot, ladies and gentlemen? Why should you have a witness, even a clerk, when somebody votes absentee ballot? No, you can't have that. All of this is illegal now if they pass their law. Why can't we just send ballots out to these long lists of people that are being kept at the DMV and the welfare office or at the Department of Labor or wherever and just send them out? Because the lists are not right. And by the way, if you try to correct the lists, you're legally banned from doing so. What do you think of that? And it gets worse. And I'm not going to go through it again. Maybe I have to in a few days. And so I watched the Stacey Abrams and I listened to her on a clip on the internet. And she says, the Republicans want to go back to Jim Crow... No, actually, we just want to go back to 2019. I don't believe that's Jim Crow. Uh, And she goes on about, um, we have these disparate systems in the states, so you have democracy in some states and not in other states. No, we have democracy in every state. But we also have cheating and lying and institutionalized fraud in the blue states. Because that's the way they want it. What's going on here? And it can be confusing, so let me make it as easy as I know how. The purpose of the states is to keep a check on the central government. So the left doesn't believe in a check on the central government. The left wants to blow out the filibuster rule. The left wants to blow out a court that it believes is hostile to their agenda. It's really not. They don't need to blow it out. That court's doing anything they want them to do. The left wants to eliminate the electoral college even when they win it from time to time. Isn't it interesting? We haven't heard about them blowing out the Electoral College lately, have we, Mr. Producer? No. No. When they win, or at least when they're perceived to have won, they're fine. When they lose, that's when they want to alter everything. Because for them, what? The ends justify the means. So what's going on here? There's various forms of totalitarianism, various degrees of it, intensities of it. There's various forms of tyranny which can lead to totalitarianism. And your constitution was developed to try and protect us from all of them. There are two kinds of tyranny that were prominent when the Constitutional Convention was convened. Two types, primarily, not exclusively. One was the tyranny of the mob. They saw what was breaking loose, or what broke loose, in France. That was a sort of Rousseauian revolution, a people's revolution. This is why I never say I'm a populist. I say I'm a conservative. That doesn't mean you don't want to do popular things. 
But I reject the mob. And we'll get into this. So that said, they thought to themselves, we, we have unalienable rights. That's what the Declaration of Independence of 1776 says. We have unalienable rights. Our rights come from God. They're natural rights. They're truisms. No human being can take them away. No collection of human beings can take them away. They can't give them to us either. We are born with this. We're born with this. That's why we cannot have people vote at the ballot box or vote in Congress and so forth on whether or not we have our unalienable rights. There are rights. Look at the Bill of Rights, which came after the adoption of the Constitution itself. There was a debate over whether to have a Bill of Rights. Why? Because the framers didn't want a Bill of Rights just out of scorn? No. They were trying to figure out, can we list them all? Do we even know what they all are? So, the first Congress proposed 17 amendments. It went to the Senate. The Senate whittled it down to 12. Those 12 were then adopted by the House. Two-thirds vote of both bodies. Then they were sent to the states. The states ratified 10 of them. That's your Bill of Rights, the first 10. And you'll notice number 9 and number 10 are very, very important, and they're completely ignored. Number nine, basically, to me, is a concise recognition of the Declaration of Independence and your unalienable rights. That they belong to you and there's not a damn thing the government can do about them. You're not to be, there's a circle of liberty around you through which the government cannot molest you. That's the way you have to look at it. Then the Tenth Amendment. Federalism. You know, we went to great lengths... And spent a lot of time breaking out Article 1, Article 2, Article 3, the other articles. Who has what power? Power defined and so forth. Okay, now we have the Tenth Amendment. Whatever we haven't given to you, the federal government, that we are creating, we're going to obviously retain for ourselves in the states. Now, this is what the modern Democrat Party is destroying and has destroyed in great, in great measure. The Ninth and the Tenth Amendments. They're working their way through the First They're at war with the second. They're undermining the fourth and the fifth. They don't even know what's in the sixth and the eighth. Don't worry about it. But anyway, that's when they say things like, we need to have a national system. The framers knew a national system that's not properly reined in is tyranny. The rule of the majority, whether it is understood through a national system, or the rule of a relative handful, whether it is, again, understood through a national system, the centralization of power feeds both tyrannies. The tyranny of the mob and autocracy, the tyranny of the few. Centralized power. Disseminated power makes it much more difficult for the mob to form terms of a governmental aspect, or for this autocracy to develop. So when they say we want a national system of elections, we want it centralized, we want the feds to oversee it. They want tyranny is what they want. 
Anarchy leads to tyranny. They don't want any resistance from the states. Especially the state legislatures. And so they go through and they accuse people of being racists, wanting Jim Crow. The most heinous things they can accuse people of goodwill of believing when they don't believe it in the least. It's because they are fascistic in their, in their, uh, in their actions and they are Marxist in their ideology. So rule of the majority without checks then rule of a centralized autocracy without checks. If a Republican's elected president like Trump, they know they've created all these powers and so they must remove him. They must condemn him. They must degrade him. They must destroy him. The Democrats want both, the rule of the mob and the rule of the autocrats. The framers clearly had no intention of ceding to this new federal government they created. Plenary power, general, far-reaching power to run elections. Now, how do we know that? Because they didn't write that in the Constitution. Why would they talk about state legislatures? Why would they talk about states setting rules? Why would they do that? If I'm wrong, and the left is correct, how do they explain that language? They don't, and they don't care. Remember what I've said. They'll wave around the Constitution when they think it serves their purposes. Otherwise, they burn it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Another thing to keep in mind, Stacey Abrams, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and their ilk, they're not operating in good faith. They're not operating in goodwill. No, we've already dealt with these people, and they've already accused us of all kinds of horrendous things. These aren't quote-unquote good government people. These are power-hungry political hacks. They have a bare majority in the House. I think it's 10 or 11 votes. They have no majority in the Senate but for the Vice President who gets the vote. 
Notice they're not recommending we eliminate that. They never want to eliminate, think about it, they never want to eliminate any part of the Constitution that they feel empowers them, ever. Ever. So they're very um, self-serving when they cherry-pick those parts of the Constitution that they want us to live without. That they want us to live without. They have no good faith or goodwill with us. They don't have the best interests of the country in mind. It's not just this. Again, this is the same party that wants to eviscerate separation of powers with the courts. Same party that wants to eliminate the filibuster rule. And by the way, I've done some research on that. You've heard it said the filibuster rule was a rule put in place by white segregationists and slave owners. Really? It goes back to ancient Rome. The filibuster goes back to ancient Rome, and they think it actually goes before that, to Athens. But at least they can <clears throat> trace it back to ancient Rome. It had nothing to do with white supremacists or anything of the sort. Nothing. The battle was about not just representation, but legislation and deliberation that would affect all parts of the country. It literally had nothing to do with race. It's more geographic than anything else in the number of people, population-wise. It goes all the way back to ancient Rome. took me 15 minutes to research that, and yet we have politicians coming on the air, going on about, yeah, that filibuster rule. How about the Electoral College? I looked into this. The Electoral College was used by ancient societies, too. It wasn't created by the southern plantation owners. But it doesn't matter. They're lies. Like the 1619 Project is a lie. You must hate your country. You must. And in order to hate your country, you must surrender your liberty, surrender your property, surrender your income. To whom? To the government that you're supposed to hate. Unbelievable. And another thought off the top of my mind here, but I, I had a Biden, Mr. Producer. I had a Biden. What am I doing here? I'm, I've lost my place. Well, why am I here? I don't understand. That's my Biden. The Constitution, they say they're, they're defending it while they're destroying it. No, and you don't have to just look at that. Let, let's look at this real fast. Donald Trump secured the borders. Nobody was getting in here with coronavirus who, who were known to have coronavirus. He limited travel from countries where the virus was breaking out. Biden would never have done that, and he didn't do it. He got three vaccines going, two during his presidency, one soon after his presidency, had them produced, had a whole development and distribution system. And what does Biden do? He brings people into this country who have the virus. That's his contribution. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I think it's important sometimes to step back and put things in context, historical context, and then apply them to what's going on today. But now it's important, I think, to hear what Michael Shear, believe it or not, a New York Times White House correspondent, who did something that almost never happens at the New York Times. He actually pressed the spokes idiot for the idiot. That is, he pressed Pasaki, a.k.a. Saki, on the very issue that I raised yesterday. That is, why is Joe Biden again now taking credit for these two major companies, Merck and Johnson & Johnson, working together? And we had a woman call, a very intelligent woman. She couldn't give us her name or her background, actually. But she works for one of these companies, and she called yesterday. And what did she say? She said, we've been doing this since January. We do this all the time. And why do they do it all the time? Because sometimes some companies have cutting-edge drugs where others don't. And so there's a lag in demand for one company, given their products. There's an increase in demand for another company. So they'll, they'll pay to use and coordinate with the various production lines. This is what capitalism is all about. You don't need a Defense Production Act or Joe Biden to figure that out. They've been doing this for decades and decades. And so I pointed out last night, who, he, he's not specific. He gives this, this statement that if it wasn't for them, this wouldn't be done. He's a liar. Hello? He's a liar. Anyway, I want you to listen to this cut 15. It starts out with the reporter Michael Shear, New York Times. Go. On the timing of, of the administration's efforts to help pull this deal together, mm-hmm. you said that it was within, I think, the last few weeks. Is that what you had said? Um, we wrote our first story at the New York Times about a possible partnership between Merck and J&J manufacturing on January 21st. It's not only that. They were working on it for a long time. And J&J, Johnson & Johnson, was waiting for its vaccine to be approved on an emergency basis by the FDA. And that vaccine was produced during the course of the Trump administration and Operation Warp Speed. All of this is a result of what came before. All of it. Go ahead. So... And my understanding is that talks between those companies have been in, in the works before that even in terms of sort of the corporate discussions between them. So, I mean, could you help explain how it is that the Biden administration deserves credit for bringing these two together when it looks like the discussions had been underway long before you guys got here? Well, Mike, just to be clear, I'm talking about when it was finalized so that we could move it forward. Um, of course, there are conversations between companies. Um, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. When it was finalized so we could move it forward, they wanted to move it forward. They were waiting for approval of the vaccine. They didn't need Biden. They didn't need his administration. And they didn't use any of them. They were already in discussions. And the discussions are something like this. Hey, if we get our vaccine approved, we need to increase production, Merck. Can we go back to our arrangements that we've had in other matters, please? And uh, Oh, of course you can. You know, just pay us our fee and we'll cover. Okay, got it. So what do the Biden people do? Nothing. Except lie through their, through their four teeth. Go ahead. 
In terms of getting it to a point, and obviously the Johnson & Johnson vaccine was only approved last weekend, right? And we were waiting on the FDA to make the final approvals uh, of the vaccine. But uh, there's a difference between conversations and it moving forward and the use of the Defense Production Act. Uh, you didn't need the Defense Production Act. They were already agreeing to it. You didn't need the Defense Production Act. They were already doing it. Uh, th- this is exactly what I mean. And she said, well, but they were talking, you know, they, they weren't just talking. They were planning. Go ahead. This president and not the prior ah, president. Shut up, you idiot. I'm already sick of you. You I'm sick of already. You were the Obama administration. You lied through your teeth. This administration, you lied through your teeth. Now, let's listen to this idiot John Berman on the Constipated News Network. This guy, dumb as a rock. I've always told you he's dumb as a rock. But I don't like smearing rocks. Go ahead, cut 16, go. And just step back for a moment and think about what it would be like if every American were vaccinated, everyone with protection against coronavirus. After all we've been through the last year, it really would be a miracle. And now it may be, and a lot sooner than thought. President Biden announced there will be enough vaccine for every adult American by the end oh, of May. Oh, what did he, President Biden announced that? And how did this come to be, John? John Berman, how did this come to be? Through an announcement and a press release, it came to be, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden announced it'll be, it'll be by the end of May. Nobody thought it could be by the end of May. Nobody. Hey, jackass, how about thanking the companies that were involved and the unsung heroes in the lab coats? Working morning, noon, and night. How about thanking Operation Warp Speed and the President of the United States at the time? Donald Trump, who was being attacked in every conceivable way. How about thanking the people in his administration for getting us to this point? We had the director of the Institutes of Health, who's a bureaucrat. Make the statement last week that what took place with these vaccines and this Operation Warp Speed was unimaginable. Unimaginable that at a minimum it typically takes five years to get a vaccine and often it doesn't even work. We have three that work. Two that work better than the third, but three that work. Two of them in nine months. And you think it's because Joe Biden issues a statement or told people to hurry up? If Joe Biden had his way, we'd be in the fifth year of this thing with millions of more dead. He's the Andrew Cuomo of the Oval Office. That's what he is. Even with the hair sniffing and the touching and all the other creepy stuff that Joe did. Oh, oh yeah. Nobody will ever investigate that, no. Miracle. Isn't it a miracle, John Berman, you two IQ doofus? All of these clowns at CNN. You want to see a conga line of inmates? And I mean institutionalized inmates. Just watch CNN. Or MSNBC. Unbelievable how stupid and dishonest these people are. What kind of a network gives a morning show to Joe Scarborough? A network that doesn't care about its audience. A network that doesn't care about its ratings. Doesn't care about the truth. Doesn't care about facts. 
And what Scarborough doesn't understand is even the few people who watch his show, they're watching it because they're laughing at him. He's a clown. But there's John Berman. Wow. The Joe Biden vaccine miracle. Isn't this amazing? And he announced a... Did you cut it off already, Rich, even though I said get rid of this guy? Go ahead. Keep on. Months sooner than projected. He announced a really unusual deal between pharmaceutical competitors. Really? It's not unusual at all. And that deal has been discussed now for some time, John. Why are you such a liar? Why are you such a pathetic fool? Why do you lie and disrespect your audience? This is one of the things Rush taught me a long time ago. Don't disrespect your audience. Don't deceive your audience. And yet this guy does it every day. You go on the street and you ask, who's John Berman? Nobody knows. John Berman? I think I've heard that name somewhere. John Berman, did you say? Yes. The John Berman? Oh, it's the John Berman. No, I never heard of him. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're. Very, very pleased to have the uh, Republican leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy. How are you, sir? Good, Mark. How are you? Good. How's our friend Liz Cheney? Don't comment. That's a bad joke. Now, um... <laughs> I just have to stop the press conference. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. This stuff that Pelosi's producing, she never, ever sits down with you to try and actually pass something in any kind of bipartisan way, does she? No, but it's even worse. You know what she's doing right now? Every bill she's bringing to the floor has never even gone to a committee. It's never – the committee has no ability to mark it up. She just brings them to the floor. And she's bringing the most liberal things you would ever envision. And I, you've got to sit down because I'm telling you, for the rest of the month, she's coming after your guns, um, immigration. They're going to open these borders up. I mean, look what Biden has just done openly brought people across the border illegally, they're, they're positive with COVID. It's unbelievable. A it's un- unbelievable. Border, but no plan for the schools. Nope. Nope. And here's the thing you about... You know what public- we voted on yeah. today? You know what we voted God on God forbid, today? no. A Democrat proposed an amendment to lower the voting age to 16. That's Presley did that, right? Yes. 
to 16. The other thing we're voting on, they want to make taxpayers fund their campaigns. So if AOC raises $200 online, she gets $1,600 from the taxpayer. Uh, can I ask you a question? Uh, uh, Mr. McCarthy, Kevin, I can call you Kevin. Let me ask you a question. You can call me Kevin, yes. When did the Democrat Party become so incredibly radicalized? I mean, I was no fan of Tip O'Neill, but this was a blue-collar guy out of Boston. Now you have Presley out of Boston representing a district like this. I mean, these people are like neo-Marxists, and they want to burn everything down while they're claiming they support the Constitution. I mean, this has to be incredibly frustrating. Oh, it's beyond frustration. When you sit and watch what they're doing, And now they're trying to change every rule so they can hold on to power. And I'm telling you what, John F. Kennedy could not be a Democrat today. No. Tip O'Neill could not be a Democrat today. And the only thing I would give Presley and AOC credit for, they don't call themselves Democrat. They call themselves Socialist Democrats because that's who they are. And in America today, the chair of the Budget Committee in the Senate is Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is the chair of the Budget Committee of the United States in the mm-hmm. Senate. Mm-hmm. He's doing a fine job, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, we, we just hit $28 trillion. They're passing another $2 trillion. We'll, we'll be right up to 30 Now, you, you listen to this Joe Biden, um, and I don't care if he's in charge or not. The fact of the matter is he's, he's to be held to account for what's taking on. And you talk about the border, he's creating an absolute human crisis there. They claim they care about humanity and compassion when in fact it has the opposite consequences. They're going after the Second Amendment. This H.R. 1 goes after the First Amendment and free speech among many, many other things. They are throwing so much up against the wall here. It's hard for the American people to keep track of. When you say they're passing these bills by going around the committees, that means the people listening to this audience have absolutely no say in what's taking place in their own government. No. And tonight they're going to vote to defund the police. They're going to vote to pass the election laws to make it where they're going to create a political czar to tell you what you can say. They're going to take the federal election commission that is that is bipartisan, an equal number of Republicans and Democrats, and change it so they have an advantage. They, they get it'll be more Democrats than Republicans. They're going to take taxpayer money to fund their campaigns. Um, they're going to mail everybody a ballot and not clean up any of the rolls, and they want to lower the voting age to 16. Then they're going to come back, take, try to take our guns, go after the Second Amendment. You've watched the crisis at the border is created simply because Joe Biden got elected and what he said. Now when he just brought everybody across the border, you know what's going to be? Next month is going to be a million people over there. Jeez. And there's nowhere to put them, so they're going to release them. They're releasing them. And they have COVID. It's unbelievable. They tested positive, and he's bringing them into our country. And you know what they're doing? They're competing with the 10 million Americans who are out of work. I think every American, regardless if you're Republican or Democrat, can agree on three things. Back to work, back to school, and back to health. That's the only thing our government should be working on right now. Let me tell you, though, the difference between Democrats and Republicans. And I'm interested in your take on this. The Democrats would be already drawing up articles of impeachment on the COVID issue alone, on the COVID issue alone. But the Republicans won't. Explain to the American people why that's the case. And maybe there's a good answer. Well, well, the one thing I would say, 
I think impeachment, it goes to a certain level, right? I disagreed with what they did with President Trump because it was not impeachable where they went. And Republicans believe in the rule of law, okay? We believe in the Constitution, and we, we, we stand for that. And what I see happening right now, does the president have ability to do executive orders? Yes. But should we, as an entire United States, bring back Article One to Congress to actually have the say? Yes, we should. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. And one thing I would tell you, we're five seats away from making that happen. You got Nancy Pelosi not acting like a speaker, but acting like she's almost a czar of what to do. She has put a wall around the Capitol, tells whether – you can't even have constituents come to the Capitol anymore. She lets people stay home and vote so they have no committees. Why? So she's more powerful. So you don't see the bills. She writes them, brings $2 trillion, and what does she do? She puts so much stuff inside there, and she calls it a COVID bill when less than 9% of anything in there goes to COVID. You think you'll take the House in the next election? If so, why? I know we're going to take the House simply by what they're passing right now. The only bipartisan vote on that COVID bill was no, Republicans and Democrats alike. It seems a lot like 2009 when they passed that stimulus bill. And remember what the stimulus bill at the end of the day, more people thought Elvis was alive than the stimulus created a job. We're five seats away. That's the closest majority we've had in the last hundred years versus the Democrats. If you watch history, there's only been two other times in history did the party lose the White House but gain seats, 1992 and 1892. Both times they captured the majority two years later. We've got redistricting going on. And remember, the party in power, whoever wins the White House, on average on the first off-year election, loses 27 seats. And the kicker of it all, of those 150 million people who voted last time, we were 31,751 votes away from winning the majority. And not one Republican in Congress lost incumbent. That hasn't happened since 1994. You know what's amazing to me, though, is she's having these phony moderates, and they are phony moderates, like this guy in New Jersey who annoys me. What's his name? Like, what's that guy's name in the northern Jersey, Mr. Producer? Which, Kim? No. They, uh, begins with a G. Oh, Goshheimer. Godheimer. 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 He's a complete fraud, this guy. He goes around, he smiles, shakes out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Votes for impeachment twice, votes for the biggest budgets in the world. They all do this. Then they throw a few crumbs out there and say, see, I'm a moderate. Guys like him have to go. It's just to raise money. We can win that seat. There are so many. And think about this, Mark. In that last election, we picked up four seats in California from the last election. Four seats. We beat four Democrat incumbents in California. We won two seats in Miami. We can win any part of this country. And the, one of the most interesting things about it is we beat 15 Democrats. And you know who beat the 15 Democrats? Conservative women are conservative minorities. Amen. Kevin McCarthy, I want to thank you. Keep up the fight any way you possibly can. We appreciate it, and I'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. You too. We'll be right back. Can't got your tongue? Cough up a furball and call 877-381-3811 right now from Mike Levin. 
All right. Let us go to Amanda, Wilkesboro, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. Amanda, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Mr. Levin? Very well, thank you. Um, before I say what I called for, I just I was reading James Otis the other day from yes. when he argued against um, against the writs of assistance. Mm-hmm. And one thing tell everybody said, what a writ of an assist of assistance is. It was basically in response to the Navigation Act. Um, the people were smuggling things, and so a writ of assistance was essentially allowing any officer of the public to go in arbitrarily and search a home without a warrant. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons our Constitution requires probable cause for a warrant, isn't it? Yes. All right, go right ahead. Um, and one of the things he said uh, made me think of Rush. And um, so he said... Um, I think I can sincerely declare that I cheerfully submit myself to every odious name for conscience' sake. Let the consequences be what they will. I am determined to proceed. And he really did. He really, um, he put up with a lot um, for us, even up until the very last. I agree with you. And I just, I think that really exemplifies him. No, you're exactly right. Miss him terribly. You're quite right. Thank you, Amanda. How old are you, Amanda, may I ask? I'm 40. <laughs> you sound like you're like 20. Everybody says that. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I didn't say you say things like you're 20. I said you sound like you're 20. Well, thank you. <laughs> Big difference. All right, Amanda, thank you very much. I guess I shouldn't ask a woman how old she is, but I thought, you know, maybe 20. Or does that not matter anymore? I can ask whatever I want, regardless of genitalia. I don't know. I'm very confused. Darlene, Tucson, Arizona, XM Satellite. Now, I love Tucson, Arizona, because they have a steak place called Little Abner's there, which I really, a few times have been there. One time I went there, it was unbelievable. Also, I love the fact that they had, not this year, unfortunately, the greatest gem show in the world, and I've snuck into there every few, every few uh, years. How are you, Darlene? I'm great, Sean. I'm really, really great, Mark. I've been a long-time listener. I've been in, in Tucson, Arizona since 1955. So, wow. Uh, and I know everything you've been talking about. And I also know a lot about, I want to talk about the border. Um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, this morning, uh, I uh, saw a picture of the buses they put these people in. I mean, I wish they would pick me up at a border in a, a foreign country and take me where I need to go. Unbelievable. So obviously, everybody in in that bus that has COVID and, and our poor bus drivers sure sure going to catch it. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, I've lived on the on the border most of my life, so I know these people. I've seen them. I see what the coyotes and the cartels do to people, and it's just, it's just heinous. Is, it's is it not amazing, Darlene, that the left, the Democrats, Biden, no accountability, no responsibility for what these, these kidnappers do, for what these coyotes do, for what's done to these kids. They take no responsibility whatsoever, nothing. Well, that's that's true. That that that's true. And I mean, I've had them actually in my backyard. Uh, so I I know. I mean, one on one on one with them. The thing about it is, is is they used to years ago. Uh, you know, well, I think that they say they're doing a gigam slip, so they have their court date. And I'm wondering if we can use some resources from you to just see, since the border's been wide open for 
you know, as long as it's been a month or so, uh, see actually who's going to report to court. None of them do. They take their jobs away because they work. I, I don't know that I have resources to see who's going to court and so forth and so on, but we know the statistics. Over 95% of them don't show up. Right. They right. don't show up. It's well, a fact. Right. Right. And, 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 that, and, and the Democrats know this. And so when they say, you know, we'll release them, but they have a court date, everybody knows they're not coming back. Why would they? I wish, yeah, no, the land of the free, the land of the free. And, you know, and I worry more not about the Mexicans coming across because they're, they're still hostile in Mexico City, been there many times. But, um, you know, the Guatemalans and everybody south down there, I mean, they are bad, bad, bad people. I, 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 well, they're not all bad people, but I, I do want to say this to you. I would trade an American liberal for an alien coming across that border tomorrow. That's just me. But the border was secure, and it was getting more secure under President Trump. The law was being enforced, the existing law under President Trump. He had signed agreements with several countries, including Mexico, that were working, and nobody thought that he could ever pull it off, and he absolutely did, with the Mexican military assisting us. We were finally getting our border under control. We were finally energy independent. The economy was coming back. We had two vaccines with a third on the way. The military was being built back up. So many wonderful, positive things were taking place. The President of the United States had a particular interest in helping the African-American community with criminal justice reform, with school choice, with these uh, opportunity zones and so forth. But apparently uh, it didn't matter. Apparently it didn't matter. The country was really headed in a very positive, strong direction. He was uh, keyed on communist China. He had their number. He knew exactly what they were doing, and he was confronting them. He was bringing down that regime in Iran, which is now has a, uh, a new lease on life as a result of what Biden's doing. He, he created a situation, an environment where you had peace break out all through the Middle East. That's absolutely stopped in its tracks right now. And so all these positive events that were taking place have all been reversed. And now we have a liberal hell. Thank you for your call. A liberal hell. This is what it looks like. It's really, uh, it's shocking what was given up here. By the way, I have some interesting news for you. Jew and Gentile alike. I think you're going to like this. I did a a very long interview, but it wasn't the length. It was really the quality of the interview. A really quality interview. With the chief editor for AMI magazine, AMI magazine. That's Rabbi Frankfurter, who is a terrific guy. He's a very good interviewer. And I enjoyed it immensely. And anyone who subscribes to AMI magazine, I hope you'll make sure that you pick up a copy If you don't subscribe to Ami Magazine, but you want to read the interview, you can go to www.amimagazine.org. That's A-M-I-magazine.org. And on the top of the page, people should click on Purchase This Week's E-Mag. Just this week's E-Mag. And you can read it. It's only $4.99. Look, I'm not hawking it. I'm just saying I think you're going to enjoy it. It is the most widely read magazine in the Orthodox Jewish community and other communities. But I think you're going to very much enjoy the interview, regardless of your background and your faith. 
I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. So it'll be available in the next few weeks, but I want to encourage you to check it out. Actually, it'll be available tomorrow as well. So you can go to www.amimagazine.org. Again, the chief editor is uh, Rabbi Frankfurter. He's just terrific. It's a great magazine every single week. So I'd like to encourage you to check it out. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. By the way, not to brag or anything, because, of course, I never do that. Those photos in that magazine, I look pretty good in those photos, Mr. Producer. Omni. A-M-I, Omni. It's a very, very nice magazine. We just posted it up on Parlor, so over 5 million of you can take a look. We're posting it up on MarkLevinShow.com, which is the mothership of my websites. We don't go to Twitter or Facebook anymore, but we have more people on Parler than we had on Twitter and Facebook combined. So keep using Parler, even if there's some hiccups. It's okay. Liberty's that way. Competition's that way, folks. They're the little guys, and we want to continue to do it. But I hope you'll enjoy my interview there. I certainly enjoyed uh, the interviewee, the, or the interviewer. I'm the interviewee. That would be the rabbi. He did a hell of a job. He asked some very, very good questions, some questions I hadn't thought about. So I hope you'll check it out. It's amimagazine.org, amimagazine.org, and uh, I think you'll find it very interesting. Let us go to uh, Rebecca Madison, where? Madison, Montana? Is that what it's No, Madison Lake, Montana, I'm sorry. On the Mark Levin app, how are you, Rebecca? Madison. What is it? Professor Levin, I'm great. Yes, ma'am. It's Medicine Lake. Medicine Lake, I'm sorry. Um, hey, Medicine like like the aspirin. Like Yes, you know. yes. So I got to talk I got to talk to Rush last year, uh, in July and when it was my anniversary when I um became a citizen, it was my eleventh year anniversary. And I actually got to talk to him, and as an immigrant, I was discussing with him briefly that I can't believe that anybody would not vote for President Trump. Um, And now, see where we're at. I am so mad. I am so mad right now. I 
my it makes my eyes bleed. Mm-hmm. What they made us go through the INS back then, what we had to go through um, with the constant <coughs> AIDS testing, uh, testing for you know um, STDs. Mm-hmm. We had to go every six months to. Well, the- that would help keep the liberals out of the country. But go ahead. Well, yeah. But anyway, so I'm just mad as hell to see, you know, what this country has gone You're through. You're right. There's really no rules now. No okay. rules. If you come legally, there's a ton of rules. If you come illegally, there's no rules. So why would you come legally? Right. It's so appalling. Well, it's so I outrageous that, that we have a political party in this country, the biggest political car- party in this country, that is committed to its downfall. And, you know, we need politicians who will say that. The Democrat Party, as currently controlled, currently led, is committed to the downfall, the, uh, downfall of the United States. That's what it's committed to. And then if you say, well, that's because you're white. I'm sick of that crap. No, that's because I'm an American. An American. That's why. All right, Rebecca, thank you for your call, my friend. Let us go to Rudolfo. Miami, Florida, XM Satellite, how are you? Mark, big fan. Thanks so much for taking the call. Listen, my parents, uh, they came from Nicaragua back in the 80s, and they did things how they were supposed to do. They were uh, political exiles escaping from the uh, Sandinistas. Yes. And ever since, you know, they've developed... By the way, Ortega, a great friend of the Democrat Party. Go right ahead. Oh, boy, don't even get me started, Mark. I'm sure they're rubbing elbows with him and Biden. Mm -hmm. But... um, we got to do something here with immigration here in Miami. Uh, back in uh, November, Miami was all for, for all Trump, even though we just got we voted in a liberal mayor who got backstabbed by uh, by Biden. wasn't invited to the White House after she was uh, supporting him. But as a Hispanic American, um, we got to do something about the borders. We can't just let people in just like nope. that. No, we bringing can't. COVID, and what really gets me irate. Mexico, when you get immigrants from Nicaragua and Central America, past through Mexico, Mexican officials horribly mistreat the immigrants. And the media never reports about that. And where's the No, 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 because the reporting from air conditioned uh, buildings at CNN in Washington, D.C., or the uh, New York Times building in uh, Manhattan, I think that's where it is. Who the hell knows? That's why they're never going to go down on the border, and they're never going to uh, actually investigate anything. Thank you for your call, Rodolfo. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello America, Mark Levin here our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 
You've heard of the International Criminal Court, haven't you? Well, we've had dealings with this court. It is a rogue international court, just like the civil rights and human rights part of the United Nations. It's the same mentality, the same mindset. And President Trump had had it up to here with this court. So he revoked the visa of the International Criminal Court prosecutor. The lead prosecutor name is Fatal Bensouda. She's the chief (coughs) prosecutor and she's a Gambian national. Um, This court is based in the Hague, the Netherlands, where, you know, they have a wonderful uh, life. The phony judges and the phony prosecutors. We've never been a member of this court. We've actively opposed the jurisdiction of this court on the international stage. It has threatened America and threatened our troops. It's anti-American. And they have attacked the rule of law by investigating allegations against U.S. forces in Afghanistan. U.S. forces. And if they had their way, they would have dragged our military personnel and even potentially cabinet officers like the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, in front of this court. So this court is off the rails. It's off the rails. It really is another one of these uh, bizarre, ultra-left-wing entities that violates our sovereignty and our sense of justice, for sure. And it is focused... Constantly and repeatedly, not just on the United States, but of course, if they're focused on the United States, they're focused on Israel. Well, there's some breaking news on this today. They've decided an open investigation against Israel. For war crimes, of course. Israel, of all the countries on the face of the earth, not North Korea, not Iran. No, 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 no. Not Syria, not communist China. No, of course not. Not Cuba, not Venezuela, none of those countries. And 70 or 80 more, no. They go after democracies, particularly Israel. Why? Because it defends itself? Why? Because it's Jewish? Why? Because it's pro-American? So it's a disgrace. So here they are. They've opened a prosecutorial investigation. Israel is not even a member. So you can see what they're doing. It's not even a member. Israel's very, very lucky to have a Winston Churchill, Benjamin Netanyahu, leading that country. They're going to need him now more than ever. You're going to see ICC, you're going to see other international entities, you're going to see the Biden administration is extremely hostile to the state of Israel, and some of the people he appointed are anti-Semites. We know this because they've been defended by the New York Times, which is largely an anti-Semite operation. Oh, did he say that? Damn right I did. You will find most people who hate America hate Israel. Like Bernie Sanders, he's out today. Hey! They're not vaccinating enough Palestinians. Excuse me. Of course they're vaccinating Palestinians, you idiot. They're trying to figure out how to get the vaccine into the Gaza Strip without their throats being slit. It's the only country in the face of the earth that's 
trying to vaccinate people are trying to wipe them out and wipe them off the place of the planet. It's unbelievable. And Bernie Sanders is upset with the pace of it. Oh, you're, shut up, you old man. Sit back. Sit back and shut up. An old commie. May I say? I think I will. So here's Netanyahu today slamming this outrageous organization that Donald Trump had nothing but contempt for. Cut 17, go. The decision of the International Court to open an investigation against Israel today for war crimes is absurd. It's undiluted anti-Semitism in the height of hypocrisy. Without any jurisdiction, it decided that our brave soldiers who take every precaution to avoid civilian casualties against the worst terrorist in the world who deliberately targets civilians, it's our soldiers who are war criminals. They said that when we build a house in our eternal capital, Jerusalem, it's been our capital for 3,000 years, that too is a war crime. This court that was established to prevent the repetition of the Nazi horrific crimes committed against the Jewish people is now turning its guns against the one and only state of the Jewish people. It's targeting Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East. But of course, it turns a blind eye to Iran, Syria, and the other dictatorships that are committing real war crimes, left and right. We will never stop fighting this injustice. We will speak the truth in every forum, in every country, on every stage, until this outrageous decision is reversed and becomes null and void. It just never ends. Tyranny never ends. Whether it's within our country, it's outside the country, it just never ends. Those of you who are of faith, particularly of deep faith, you understand evil. There is always evil. You resist it, you confront it, you fight it. But it's there. These people can put on robes. They could be called judges. They can be treated like they're demigods. But they're none of those things. They get on this court in The Hague in the Netherlands. They live a lifestyle that nobody else can live. They claim jurisdiction when they have no jurisdiction. They think they're gods. They think they're gods and they sit there and make decisions like this. This is one of the reasons, folks, also, why we can never give up our sovereignty. Whether it's the Paris agreements or any other agreements, we can never give up our sovereignty. It's hard enough to fight within the United States to protect our individual sovereignty and the sovereignty of the states and the sovereignty of our governing law. That's hard enough. But when you surrender it to international organizations, you destroy yourself. How can somebody who sits on a foreign court, on a foreign court that was created after the aftermath of the Holocaust, then go after the state of Israel, which simply defends itself? Here's a country that if it wished to, for the last quarter of a century or more, could have blown all of its enemies in the Middle East, off the face of the earth. But it doesn't. It doesn't have to engage the terrorists in the Gaza Strip the way it gauges them. They could flatten the Gaza Strip in about 48 hours. But they don't. They don't. 
Why? Well, faithful Christians will understand what I'm saying. Because they're people of the book. That's why. That's why. And that's why they're under attack. Because the people attacking them don't like the book that they're faithful to. That's exactly what's going on. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. COVID unemployment programs overwhelmed by fraud. Our friends at Red State pull it together. The Associated Depressed is reporting that criminals, both foreign and domestic, are flooding state bogus claims using personal information stolen from American citizens. U.S. Justice Department's investigating unemployment fraud by transnational criminals, sophisticated domestic actors. Folks, they're thinking... Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Billions of dollars. And they want to spend another $2 trillion. The government takes your hard-earned money and blows it, burns it. And then they say they're doing it in your name and on your behalf. Why would we spend another $2 trillion when they don't know where the money is going, when they're using it for pork barrel spending for incredibly outrageous projects, when they're using it to redistribute wealth to the teachers' unions, to the blue states that burn down their own cities, why would we do this unless we're utterly irrational like Biden and company? And then on top of that, as CNBC reports, There could be 10% growth in the next quarter of the gross domestic product. 10%. And they say the economy is on fire. It's about to get stoked even more. So why would you pour trillions and trillions of dollars into an economy that's on fire and about to get stoked with a possible 10% quarterly gross domestic product growth? You wouldn't. You wouldn't do this. The Democrats don't know how an economy works, let alone ours. They seek to destroy capitalism. Now, some of you are well aware of the Weimar Republic, but those of you who are young and you haven't been taught it in school, I wouldn't be surprised. Go ahead and teach yourselves about what happened after World War I in Germany. 
And I pointed this out the other day. You think this pandemic and the lockdowns of these states are bad and they are horrific for a multitude of reasons that we've talked about before. I want you to think about this. Again, when the currency goes, everything goes. That means your money's worth nothing. Stocks, the market collapses. Bonds, the market collapses. Commodities, all of them collapse because the foundation is the currency. So your money doesn't buy what it used to, and at some point it doesn't buy anything. Now what do you think happens to a society then? Massive poverty. There are no relief packages. There is no unemployment. There are no emergency rooms and vaccines and all the rest. The civil society has been destroyed. They're destroying the civil society. Maybe not for us in our lifetime, as I pointed out yesterday, but for your children and grandchildren. Do we give a damn about our children and grandchildren anymore? Are we just going to vote as the most selfish generation in world history? I want free stuff, and so it so it shall be delivered to me. And fellow citizens <clears throat> who are of that mindset are a disgusting, piggish disgrace. And you still have politicians out there talking about making permanent this relief spending. This idiot Wyden from Oregon. Guy's part of a freak show. Just listen to the last day. 16-year-olds should vote. 16-year-olds. 16-year-olds. Individuals should be able to vote, not citizen individuals. And if you don't think somebody who is voting is a citizen, you better keep your mouth shut or you'll be hauled off to jail. That's one of their proposals. Open borders. And if you have COVID, come on in. We're releasing you into the population. This is the insanity of the Democrat Party, which is concealed from you by the media. I truly believe that if we had a media that had honesty and integrity rather than a social activist media, the Democrats could never win no matter what they do because their agenda is insane, absolutely insane. Instead, we get Biden carefully honed, talks about three subjects, Thinks he's a, you know, he's a Neanderthal. I'd like to take him back. Shut up, you old man. You don't know what the hell you're saying. You're rambling. You're lucky your teeth are in your mouth. Joe, put your teeth in your mouth this morning. Okay, Dr. Jill. I mean, honey. I will. What they're doing to this country. 10% GDP growth next, next quarter expected. And you're going to hyperize that? May I coin a word? Hyperize that? With massive trillion-dollar debt? Oh, my Lord. We're going to need more than bailouts at that point. We'll all be in ten cities. And when the civil society collapses, because the economy collapses, law and order collapses. And then to fill the void, that's where you get fascists and Marxists and other ists pushing other isms. We have such a fantastic country, and they will not leave it alone. They won't leave it alone. They have a million ways to kill it. A million ways to kill this country. And they're going to try all of them. 
And that's what's going on. I have to disagree with our friend Kevin McCarthy, where he says, look, you know, Biden's issuing executive orders under our system. You can't No, under our system. You can order. You can issue some executive orders, but not all. When basically these are substantive pieces of legislation, in effect, that's unconstitutional. And it's not a fine line. That's unconstitutional. So you see, they're never, ever going to propose impeaching Joe Biden. Doesn't matter what he does, what he says, anything of the sort. And you know what? What's funny is you don't even have to concoct anything. What he's doing on the border, bringing in coronavirus, China virus, COVID-19 virus individuals into this country, that's enough. When he's damaging our national security internally by shutting down pipelines, that's enough. That's enough. That ain't going to happen. All right, let's see who's out there. Let us take some calls, shall we? I think we will. Let's go to, uh, let's see here, Nate. Buffalo, New York, the great WBN. You know, we're fairly new to WBN in Buffalo, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the, uh, the management there and in that company. Uh, very, very kind of you. We love being in Buffalo. Go right ahead. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. Um, am I uh, to assume that one of the duties of the president is to keep the country and its people safe? Yes. He's failed miserably, hasn't he? Well, is that not an impeachable offense? Look, I'd impeach him if he blew his nose the wrong way, just to show the Democrats how it works. That's what they did to Trump, just to show the Democrats how it works. We should be talking about the 25th Amendment now, because obviously he's got more than one screw loose. There's a lot of reasons to talk about this. And I hope people repeat what I'm saying at the Washington Compost and New York Slimes. You lowered the standard... Now, that's the standard. That's the standard. Giving aid and comfort to the Iranian regime. There's another one. Giving aid and comfort to the communist Chinese. And so, well, that's just a different culture, you know, when they're setting up death camps and killing Muslims and others. Oh, that's just a different culture. 25th Amendment impeachment, yes, we're going to look into both. Will we? Absolutely not. Thank you for your call, Buffalo. W-B-E-N. That's amazing. I've been in this business almost 20 years. And we finally made it to Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. And we're glad to be there. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin says today what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. I'm going to read something to you that I, I'm going to guess you haven't heard. Just a guess. And uh, let me clean that up there. Okay. 45 police officers. This is in post-millennial. 45 police officers have been shot in the first two months of 2021. 45 police officers. 11 of them were killed. This is according to the the statistics that have been released by the uh, National Fraternal Order of Police. Now, the violence against the brave men and women of law enforcement continues just two months into 2011. 45 shot, 11 killed, 13 officers shot in 10 separate ambush attacks. This gets absolutely no attention by American media. Absolutely none. The numbers represent an increase from the first two months of 2020, during which eight officers were fatally shot in the line of duty. 63 officers in total died in the line of duty since the beginning of 2021, with coronavirus being the most common culprit, they say. Vehicle crashes also account for a large share of the deaths. And the number is expected to rise. With a police officer already killed on the first day of March, Lieutenant Justin Bedwell of Georgia. He was shot two days after he was shot while pursuing a reckless driver. By the way, they point out two canine dogs were also shot dead in the line of duty. It's incredibly dangerous out there and it's going to get worse. Illegal aliens are coming into this country, and I guarantee you they're not all Boy and Girl Scouts. Do we even have Boy and Girl Scouts anymore? Are we even allowed to have... Look what the hell they're doing to this country, the left. It's sick. But it's not just them. The, uh, the radicalization of, uh, of the various groups and so forth. No respect for law enforcement at all. Well, Mark, what about January 6th? Did I defend January 6th? I just said it's not an insurrection and stop calling it an insurrection. And nor is it an erection. And I was very offended when Schumer called it an erection, Mr. Producer. January 6th was not an insurrection, nor was it an erection. Let's get our language correct. The Democrats can't even figure this out. Mitchell. Citrus Heights, California, the great KSFO. Mitchell, how are you, sir? Oh, not too bad. How are yourself? Okay. All right. Now, uh, I agree with you that uh, we're going to face uh, hyperinflation and supposedly famine at some point. And I wanted to, to make, uh, you know, that, that leads to uh, government. Well, if they keep spending and, and, the way they are, I mean, they have to be stopped. Go right ahead. Yeah. Now, let me... Uh, See if this makes sense to you, because I've been kind of thinking about it, that uh, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour and uh, uh, making illegal immigrants legal would 
single-handedly collapse farming communities or, or the economy of the farmers uh, rapidly, except for those that could become largely automated. And who can, who can become largely automated and just became the largest farmland owner in the United States? which would give him a massive monopoly over the whole industry. Who is that? And, and uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> oh, is, he, is that right? He is the largest farmland owner in the, in the United States uh, mm-hmm. recently. And he's also pushing uh, meatless, you know. Yeah, we should, all, we should all eat what he eats. I, I think I'd gag. Now, let me just tell you this. There, let me add on to this, see if it makes any sense to you. On the one hand, they bring in illegal aliens, and you know they're not going to get $15 an hour. On the other hand, if you hire an American citizen or a legal alien legally, you're to pay $15 an hour. So what are you going to do? They're going to force more and more people to break the law if they want to survive. Well, yeah, exactly. Or they collapse unless they become automated largely. And, and not but every automated. business can't be automated. Exactly. So, uh, and, and, and on the same note, if... if People, if there is a, a, a some kind of famine or, or uh, hyperinflation, uh, and people have to go to the government for everything, who's going to supply that government? Re- well, you're uh, quite you right. Know? Here's the thing: Why do we think that ideologues of the left know how to run things? It's it's just an inc- amazing thing. They know how to grab power, to cling on the power. They know how to use power, but they don't know how to put bread on the table. They don't know how to do any of these things. Well, the scary thing is maybe it's not even that they don't know what they're doing, but they do, <laughs> you know. Well, there's some of that. The Marxists clearly do. All right, Mitchell, great call. I appreciate it. Let's continue, shall we? I think I shall. We were in California. Let's move to Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Janet, how are you? Oh, hello, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. You bet. I, I wanted to comment on... Uh, the proposal that 16-year-olds would be able to vote. And it's totally absurd. I don't think that even 18-year-olds are prepared. Well, it's a little late for that. So they are, and uh, they go off to war. So I'd have to disagree with you on that one. But 16-year-olds, it's ridiculous. If you're old enough to go off to war, you should be old enough to vote about it. Excuse me? If you're old enough to carry a gun and go off to war at 18, then you're old enough to vote, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yes, that, that was during the Vietnam War. Well, during any war. But I do know that, I, I know a lot of young people that I say, oh my God, they just go with the flow. They yeah, don't... so why do Democrats want 16-year-olds to vote? Because they know their minds are not fully developed. They know that they haven't had many experiences in life. That's why. Why do they want most people to go to college? Because they know that the vast majority of the professors are left-wing, and there's a good portion of them who are Marxists, and they'll be indoctrinated, and they'll come out of college quite differently than when they went in. That's why they support that. Why do they want to send ballots everywhere? No matter where, everywhere, knowing that these lists are, are corrupted, knowing they're not accurate, knowing it's going to result in all kinds of fraud because they're taking all the conditions for checking fraud out of the system. Why? Because they want fraud. They want anarchy. And if you bring it up, why? What are you? You're opposed to people voting? You're opposed to. We have to have the guts. We have to have the backbone. We have to have the ability to speak to confront this anarchy, this insanity. 
That's what we need to be able to do. Television shows, radio shows, the floor of the House, the floor of the Senate. We need to keep at it. We need to be resolute. We need to speak out. Thank you for your call. Let's see. Let's go to Paul Summit, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go right ahead. F. Lee Levin, thank you for taking my call. Thank you, sir. I I have an equal protection comment, question, Mm. um, example. If an illegal immigrant walks across the border, they're by definition a felon. No. Under our law, actually, it's a misdemeanor. Okay. It should be a felon, felony, but it's a misdemeanor. <laughs> they go to California, a sanctuary state. They commit vehicular homicide. They steal somebody's identity. Mm-hmm. They commit another crime. In California, they'll pat them on the back, say, don't do it again, shove them out the back door. All right. We're coming to a break. That? Yes, sir. California citizen does that. They throw the book at the person. Mm-hmm. How is that equal application? And, and I'm struggling with why one is okay and the citizen gets the, gets the book thrown at him. Because you're way too logical. And you're quite right. The problem is, what the court will say is, it's prosecutorial discretion, and you can't prove that it has anything to do with whether somebody's a citizen or not. So they create these barriers to proving the case. But as we sit back and look at this, there are absolutely, and, and even more broadly, there is absolutely uh, no question that citizens in many respects are treated like second-class citizens, and illegal aliens are treated like first-class citizens. Why are we conveying um, uh, benefits on people who come here illegally? Why do they immediately get in line uh, for potential uh, amnesty and citizenship? They get education. They get health care. They get all kinds of stuff they're not getting south of the border. So, of course, it's, it's a magnet for people to come here, which is why it amazes me how the left and the media get away with calling this nation racist. It's incredible to me. So many people want to come to this country who are not white, who are people of color. Why? Why? Because the left lies. That's why. They lie about this country. They lie about its population. They lie. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S.
United States House of Representatives, meeting the uh, Democrat reprobates, a panel reissues subpoena for Donald Trump's tax records. Now, hear me out. They have absolutely no legislative basis for getting his tax records. So if I'm the president's lawyers, I start this litigation all over again. It began when he was president. There is no legislative purpose to be getting the ex-president's tax records, none whatsoever. I hope Jay Sekulow and the boys are listening to me. Just drag it out, because this is a wholly new case as far as I'm concerned. Reuters, a House of Representatives panel has reissued a subpoena seeking Donald Trump's tax and financial records. Listen to this. Saying in a memo made public on Tuesday, it needs the documents to address, quote, conflicts of interest by future presidents. There is no thinner read than that. Conflicts of interest by future presidents? Well, he's not the president. So it has nothing to do with him. And their justification is utterly and completely baseless. So the President of the United States should say no. And by the way, worst they can do is what? Subpoena him? But that's what he ought to do. His lawyers ought to start it all over again, the entire process. Have you been listening to the show on the podcast? It's very easy. If we're preempted in places like Chicago, Illinois, or if we're delayed in places like Detroit, Michigan, you can go right to the podcast. Go to MarkLevinShow.com, MarkLevinShow.com, that's the mothership. Click on the Audio Rewind button there. It's at the middle of the top of the homepage. That'll take you right to the podcast page. We have millions and millions of people listening to this show on the podcast, as well as millions and millions and millions of more listening on radio. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. I'm not exaggerating. There are people with massive podcast audiences, Fairly big radio audiences. We have a massive radio audience and a massive podcast audience. And they're only getting bigger, thanks to you. Well, let's just grab this caller without Mr. Call Screener screening. Caller number two. Let's bring him up. Go ahead. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Go right ahead. How may I help you? Hi, I'm from the... Hi, I'm from the state of California. Um, I've received a tax uh, or unemployment benefits, and um, I'm trying to file my returns for 2020, and a tax accountant has advised uh, to wait because there's legislation now whether to tax it or not to tax it. To tax or tax not? What? Yeah, (laughs) the unemployment benefits. It's my understanding that since there's been unemployment benefits, unemployment benefits have always been taxed. But I'm not a CPA, so I'm not the one to give you the advice. Okay. Well, I've contacted our uh, congressman, and we're still waiting to... Yeah, well, um, they don't know a damn thing. (laughs) Yeah, they sent me COVID information, and I'm a healthcare worker, and I've already been uh, vaccinated. Oh, good. So they're um, telling you how to get vaccinated, and you're already vaccinated. (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. So I, let me, let me tell I, you something. If these people were running our farms, we'd all starve to death. I'm, I'm quite serious about this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I love your show, Mark. I think you're doing a great job, and I just um. It's sad what, to see what, are you a nurse or what? Right what, what do you do? Uh, no, 
I work in the uh, receivables. For so you're the intake person. Yeah. Well, that's very important. I mean, you're the one that says, all right, do you have insurance, where you're from? I mean, uh, uh, that's very important. I want to thank you because that means that you've been involved in, uh, in providing health care, part of the system now, all through this pandemic. And I want to thank you very, very much. Take care of yourself. And I want to thank everybody out there who's done that. You've done a great job. You, the grocery workers, the truck drivers, everybody else except for the unionized teachers in our inner cities. We thank you for nothing. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and you! God bless you, patriots. Thank you for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.